0: companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Previously, on the Old Ways
1: Podcast...
2: Are we just assuming that the, that the matchbox is from the same place as the pitcher?
1: Not necessarily, but... I mean... It's a fairly good uh, assumption. So far. Obviously, he has uh, an interest in the Orienters. Uh... I don't like this. One book to do, should do this. I don't understand how.
3: That's, tracing that thing in the basement, reading the book, uh, would be more than anyone could bear. But she, I will recover. I think she will.
0: Thank you for joining us again for the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and I have a wonderful crew ahead of me and with me in the virtual room tonight as we are social distancing and continuing to, to bring you the weekly show as best we can uh, to my virtual right.
4: Uh, yes, this is uh, Lonnie who playing Edward Oliver Forseth again. It's been a pleasant train ride, and nothing untoward has happened. I like
2: this.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, To his virtual right.
2: This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and we are going back to school.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, And at the end of the table. This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle, and a nice change of scenery is what I'm looking forward to.
0: You know, you're out of New York. And I guess the best thing about that is you're out of New York. <laughs> so the long arm of the law, Captain Robeson, all the craziness has temporarily subsided. And as you uh, pick up your uh, tent stakes and you head to Arkham temporarily. Uh, and then uh, last, but most certainly not least,
3: this is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tattenbach, And uh, this is, one of the best holidays I've been on in a long time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, I mean, it couldn't really get better. Well, it could, uh, or it could get a whole lot worse. But like, honestly, I mean, you went at least a full day without uh, having to, you know, stuff a leather thong in someone's mouth to keep them from swallowing their tongue or uh, pulling bullets or blades out of either one of your compatriots. So, I mean, there's some real upside. It's positively pleasant. Uh, So, what we'll do tonight is we will lift the curtain on breakfast at the Hotel Miskatonic in Arkham as the investigators gather together uh, to take in breakfast before uh, working to track down their uh, erstwhile target, Professor Anthony Cowles. Uh, The doctor has seen to miss O'Shea uh and she is carefully and, and with much with much need uh resting in the hotel room so yeah you are you're at breakfast
3: good morning everyone please dig in we have a long day ahead of us
2: I grab some coffee and a pastry and
4: Will it really be a long day? I mean, all we're here for is to see the professor, right?
3: They are always long days.
2: Do you remember that time when we went to the Juju house just to talk to the owner?
3: Yeah. They are always long days.
0: The, um, the waitstaff at the hotel stops over and freshens up everyone's coffee. and um, It's not a buffet. Because that's just not the way things are done uh, in this era. So, it uh, they set out plates of sausages and eggs, normal breakfast fare for the most part.
2: I stay away from the heavy, greasy stuff. My stomach's already churning thinking about going back to the campus.
3: I am from Bavaria. I'll take her helping of heavy, greasy stuff. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's. Uh, this is the sort of place that tends to lay it on thick as far as uh, the available bacon. Although this bacon tastes maybe a little bit different than what you're used to in Chicago uh, because it doesn't feel like it's maybe as fresh.
2: It's probably made out of ghouls.
4: It tastes better than anything I ever had in an army chow line. It's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you did benefit from the stockyards being so close in Chicago in at least the you know, the availability of meat.
4: This is true. But I'm sure, but I'm a- actually um wouldn't uh wouldn't there be a lot of locally grown um swine? No?
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say locally grown bacon. I was thinking, wait a minute. <laughs>
4: Time to plant the old bacon.
3: <laughs> yeah, bacon trees are really sprouting out this year, <laughs>
0: right? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. They would they would have uh, local farms as well. Obviously, it's New England, so there are farms there, and there are uh, there are definitely uh, the meat availability is definitely there. You guys get your breakfast um, after that. Where's the plan to set off to?
1: The offices.
0: Do we all need to go to the office? That
3: might be a little intimidating uh, for all of us to show up at the same time. Perhaps Miss Lane and Mr. Doyle should go to the office?
1: I think just the four of us shouldn't be too bad all there's no reason for two of us to hang back
3: I was thinking perhaps of Miss O'Shea's mother uh, helping her visit her at, while we were here but if you think the four of us would be not too much then I'd be glad to go along I have never been here after all
0: okay
2: what's the walking distance from the hotel to um, the professor's office building
0: um, if the map serves to be true that we were using currently for Arkham, then getting to uh, the offices in Solomon Hall should be uh, maybe five to ten minutes at most. Uh, it's not a far walk at all. It's really walking across the quad that takes the most time.
2: Okay. I am ready to go see the professor whenever you guys are. Um,
3: I am quite ready.
1: Okay, I'm good.
0: You all set off. Uh, The walk across the quad is relatively uneventful, except that most of you are not used to being around this many college kids. Um, There's a definite buzz of them going back and forth between classes and dormitories and even though it's cold outside and even though there are ample amounts of those woolly full co- fur coats around, um, people are definitely hustling and trying to stay out of the uh, January New England weather if they can. Uh, you head up the steps of Solomon House and enter uh, the hall. Uh, it's a multi-floor structure, right? So there's four floors to it um and it kind of reminds you of a lot of the different buildings around here uh miss lane that you did some of your own studies in it's hard not to have uh, you know heavy flashbacks to just your time here as a student
2: it wasn't all bad
0: oh no no not at all um it didn't end on the greatest of notes, but the majority of the balance of your collegiate career here was pretty positive. You, uh, you notice a passing teacher that you uh, once took classes with. Uh, it's uh, Professor Michelson, one of the, one of the uh, professors here in the uh, history department.
2: I nodded him and smile and greeted him as a professor.
0: He stops in the hall, um, kind of turns and notices you and the rest of your uh, accomplices. says, oh, Miss Lane, I never thought I would see you again. he walks over and uh, stops in front of the group. I uh, I figured you'd have uh, fancy parties and all sorts of things to go on to after Miss
2: Oh, there's been plenty of those, Professor. We're actually here to see Professor Cowles. Um, Can you point the way to his office?
0: Yeah, I can point you uh, in his direction. He has an office uh, on the fourth floor here, although I'm not sure he's in it at the moment. He might be in the lab area. Um, The easiest way to find him, quite honestly, is to uh, watch the younger male students. That's the easiest way to find the Professor.
2: Is he very popular with the the male students?
0: No, but his daughter is.
2: Oh. I see.
0: His daughter and his direct assistant, uh, she gets quite a lot of attention.
2: Okay. Well, thank you for that information. We will uh, keep an eye out.
0: Absolutely, and if you need anything... Uh, Miss Lane, don't hesitate to ask. I'm sure that uh, we'd be happy to assist in any way we can.
2: Thank you, Professor. I I appreciate that.
4: I I look at Miss Lane. Um, I wouldn't have expected you to be going to a school like this one. I, I'd have figured you'd have been more of the finishing school type. <laughs>
2: You know, my father said the same thing As a matter of fact
4: Sounds like a man of good sense
2: <laughs> He's a good Christian man Even better So, I'm guessing we're going to follow the uh, the, the boys
0: <laughs> Well, I mean uh... Professor Michelson said that uh, Cal's office is supposed to be on the fourth floor, so he uh, definitely gave you uh, at least a tip of one place you could check.
2: To the fourth floor we go.
0: You head up all four flights and then eventually land uh, in a kind of wide hallway that leads to a couple of different classrooms. At the, uh, the middle part of the hallway, you see couple of uh, students uh, sitting outside one of the big classrooms and desks just kind of um, just having a quiet conversation. You see a couple of them uh, one of them peeks into the classroom and then uh, kind of shifts his his position back to uh, the other one and they, they share uh, some sort of anecdote before you arrive. You see on the uh, side of the hall there the side of the hallway wall, you see a um, placard that denotes this as uh, his classroom. It says, Professor Anthony Cowles. A gesture for Miss Lane <laughs> to go ahead.
2: I walk past the young men and into the classroom.
0: Uh, is the group following her in? Absolutely. You head on into the classroom. Uh, it's a Wide, uh, kind of almost amphitheater-style seating uh, in the classroom goes down into a bowl there at the bottom. Uh, You see, there's a place for people to sit uh, in uh, around the uh, speaking area, and then there's a wide, wide desk which is um, uh, placed in front of several large and tall chalkboards Uh, at the bottom. Uh, near the desk is uh, a couple of students um, just kind of filtering around the area they they seem to be getting some sort of uh, pre-class work in uh, and then there is a bushy kind of brown bearded uh, man in his mid40s uh, he has a bright looking face uh, he's very he's speaking with him in, in a very loud, tone not in a uh, aggressive tone uh, but he seems to definitely be projecting
2: can we hear what he's saying
0: yeah he's uh, he seems to be talking about um a way uh, society is studied so he's discussing with them something it's it's quite possible that uh, the early uh, tribes here in this area had some sort of, and he kind of stops mid sentence and looks up at the lot of you coming in. Oh, uh, hello. Uh, I'll uh, be with you in just one moment.
2: I nodded him and just
0: okay. He wraps up a couple of things with them and then says to them, uh, "Go ahead and uh, uh, wait outside for me." He uh, looks up at you after the boys kind of take off. Comes to the aisle. That you would have to walk down to get to him. Can I help you, ma'am?
2: Actually, I, I look over at Jack and I kind of nod towards the professor.
1: Yes, I uh, actually come to ask you a couple of questions.
0: Hmm. All right.
1: Remember, remember a man named Jackson Elias?
0: Jackson Elias, no, um,
1: uh, author, right? Like- yeah, you did a lecture in New York. I believe he came to talk to you.
0: Mm, no. I, I i mean, I did do a lecture in New York. But uh I've got to tell you, I i don't think I met the man. No, no it's not that I remember. Oh. Do you uh, know
3: I, anything about the, the Cult of the Bloody Tongue?
0: Uh, he looks almost shocked the the what
3: the cult of the bloody tongue
1: um
0: no sir i um i've never i've never heard of them before um may i ask per- who you all are and what this is all about
4: he doesn't know anything.
0: We are associates of Jackson
3: Elias, and we are attempting to discern his death, the the cause of his death, and the people who are responsible for it, among other things. And that, unfortunately, one of the clues has led us here to speak to you about such gruesome things.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm sorry that... I'm sorry he's gone uh, please sit down he gestures to the seats at the at the front of the class uh he goes around the desk and takes out a a chair just a simple wooden chair and comes and sits in front of you i uh, confess i i i know only of mr elias by name i've read a few of his books but uh, I don't, uh, I didn't know him personally. You say he came to my lecture at NYU?
3: We do believe so. He was, he had the flyer. He either attended your lecture or he thought it was important enough to keep the flyer in order to see the, or to speak to you perhaps, or to see the information that you were going to present.
2: What was the lecture at NYU about?
0: Well, it was mostly about Australia, where I'm from.
4: What is the Cult of Darkness?
0: Uh, that's a good question. Well, uh, the Cult of Darkness is or was believed to be a cult that was centered in aboriginals in Australia. Uh, and there was a there's there's quite a lot to it. Um, I'm just about to start to start class. Uh, is it possible, maybe we could talk it over later?
1: Yeah, that'd be fine.
0: I mean, I, I understand you've you've come some way, and I'd, I'd, being being from the, somewhere less than American, I I understand. But uh, once I can get through today's class.
3: Perhaps you will join us for dinner.
0: Dinner? Oh, yeah. You know, I have a house uh, not far from here. You could join me for dinner if you'd like. I'm sure I can put something together. You uh you hear a voice in the uh, back corner of the class pipe up. Sure thing, Dad. See a, the, the voice definitely catches your ear. Oh, you see a uh, shockingly... <laughs> beautiful young woman uh, who stands up. She's dressed in what looks like kind of, just to fit in like with student clothes. Oh, she steps down the stairs. I can uh, head out early if you want and get the house prepared. We don't mean to intrude. Oh no, we love having guests over. Anything to keep away uh, some of the gents around here if you don't catch my meaning she kind of shakes her head in disapproving fashion I I'm fine don't worry about me I can take care of myself the doctor kind of chuckles yeah say uh, how about four o'clock come over we'll have uh, we'll sit down and have a row about uh, the strangeness that goes on down under Wonderbot sounds like a plan. That's my cue. The uh, cl- the doorway begins to fill with students as they file in towards their chairs. Have a good class. Thank you. File out as the
3: students file
0: in. You see the young woman. Uh, Kind of walk out of the classroom in the same, along with you guys. She waits until the rest of the students uh, pass her into her father's classroom. So, what are you after? What are you? What are you, bothering my father for?
1: Um, our friend' death was connected. we're trying to uh, investigate. Just his death, but any uh, cults that might have relevance to it.
3: We are looking into an expedition that was lost, also that we think perhaps was connected, perhaps were connected to this, the Carlisle expedition. So, anything on that, we are also hoping to find any clues on that as well.
0: Well, I just want you all to know my father's a he's pretty busy so I'll be making sure that he doesn't uh, stretch his tongue too far tonight
2: Did, did you go to the NYU lecture where your father was
0: yeah I was there
2: did you meet Mr. Elias
4: I described Jackson Elias briefly
0: no I can't say that I uh Met anybody like that? There were, I mean, the the audience was, you know, mostly men, um, mostly white men. to Be perfectly honest. Um, but I mean, the the room was big. It's possible I missed him.
2: Does she look like she's hiding anything, like, facially wise? Not like, n- not like an item, but like lying, like.
0: Does she appear to be lying? Or Um, hiding something? Well, you could attempt to ascertain her body language.
2: Sure. And what What am I rolling for that?
0: I'd probably say psychology. Um, Psychology would be the cleanest way to determine whether or not someone's lying.
2: Oh, son of a goofball. Which one? Psychology. I've got like a 10, but okay. Let's make the magic happen.
0: It's okay. Most people just have a 10.
2: Oh, never mind. Going home.
0: You're not terribly sure, quite honestly. Uh, She's, she seems to be very uh, forthright for the most part. She's telling you what, she appears to be telling you what she knows. Okay. The professor, was he, did he really, can I get a psychology on on my
3: playback of that conversation
0: yeah she's unless anybody else has any immediate questions for her she's probably gonna just exit stage right none for her okay Uh, if you want to make a psychology role based on what the professor kind of told you in the initial back and forth you're more than welcome to do that if you play it back in your head we'll say that you're doing this while you guys are walking out of the building that is a 54 under 68 sir so that is a success very good so it appears anyway from your judgment of his emotional state and kind of the way he reacted to things uh he genuinely is not very familiar with uh jackson elias you you're fairly certain that he does not know him by name that he may when he said he didn't know who he was, he was telling the truth. Uh, you can tell that his you could tell that his reaction to hearing that Jackson Elias had died and that you were there because he had died, he gave you a proper you know empathic reaction, like oh that's terrible. His reaction to the call to the bloody tongue was that
3: genuine as well,
0: uh, for the most part, at least as far as uh, what your what you remember. He definitely perked up when people talked, when Mr. Forsythe talked about uh, what his lecture was about. So, as soon as he brought up the lecture uh, about the uh, cult of the sandbat, uh, he was definitely interested in talking about it, of the hall and back onto the quad. Yep. Um, as the day progresses, um Miss Lane, are you going to do anything specific in Arkham?
2: I will probably wander around campus to not that I want to dredge up old memories, but just kind of as a oh, I can't think of the word.
0: You're going to have a stroll down Memory Lane.
2: There we go. Let's just go with that. Yes. I was thinking something better, but that'll work.
0: <laughs> uh it was Difficult not to want to stop at, um, it's difficult anyway, not to want to stop at the Miskatonic Library, the College Library, uh, Orrin Library specifically. Uh, You spent quite a bit of time in here among the books and the tomes. Uh, It's a multi-floored structure and it is uh, definitely uh, something not to be missed as wind your way uh, through the halls of this uh, multi-floored structure. Uh, And you see an awful lot of, uh, there's an awful lot there's way far more people in here than you thought there would be. uh, First of all. And secondly, um, there's definitely, definitely uh, a feeling of age in this building. Something that almost predates the rest of the quad. You definitely get a feeling that uh, this building has seen years of work.
2: I wander around the the library and, you know, wander through the stacks of books.
0: Okay. Well, you wander a bit. Uh, it is definitely a place where you could wander at, uh, except during certain sections and certain days. Uh, you see that they, characteristically, have uh, several parts of the library that have been roped off. Uh, Either they're restricted or staff only, that sort of thing.
2: Of course, like you would do in a a school that, you know, likes to focus on the occult, even though they don't.
0: Oh, no, of course not. We couldn't possibly have anything like that happen. (laughs) It's a fabulous school, Miss Lane. You say you went here.
2: I, I hadn't noticed that the doctor wandered with me, so I kind of like looked back at him
0: Well, nobody nobody really spoke up. I, I assumed that they were letting you lead the way, given that you uh, okay. spent quite a bit of time here. You actually yeah, you I'm actually just kind of wandering along. You see someone you ran into quite a bit here when you were going to school. Uh, you see a a graying man who's thinned a bit since you last saw him. He's got a a full uh, white beard now. Uh, um, just uh, just under his you know, small spectacles. Still keeps a nice, tailored, uh, but simple suit for a librarian. And uh, you know him as Dr. Henry Armitage, the head librarian. He uh, He's carrying a couple of books under his right arm as he kind of passes down the lane, and you see his eyes perk up just a bit. Excuse you. Mm, I Lane. smile at him.
2: And... Doctor, how are you?
0: Well, it's been several years since I've seen you in these halls. Did you uh, come back for an additional degree that uh, no one had told me about?
2: No, we actually came to talk to Professor Cowles.
0: Mm, Cowles, yes. Visiting from Australia. Uh, wonderfully chatty man. You see, he... Uh, he... You see, uh, Doctor Armitage, uh, lift his glasses just momentarily.
2: Is he? Well, th- that's good to know.
0: Yeah. He is at uh, the professorial meetings I've been to.
2: How are? How have you been?
0: Uh, well, working through my old age. <laughs> I mean, it's been what? Close to 35 years since I graduated with my doctorate from here. Uh, or was it? I Yes. Doctorate from Princeton and uh, letters to, from John Hopkins. So,
2: I had heard. Congratulations.
0: Yes, yes. It's definitely a feather in the old cap there. But your uh, your friends, he points with his... Uh, Kind of boned fingers a bit. Who are all these people with you?
2: These are my associates. Um, this is yeah, Dr. Sigmund Tottenbach, and that I'm is that. Mr. <laughs> that is Mr. Forsyth, and I, and then I, you know, kind of nod over to, and that's Mr. Jack Doyle.
0: Mm. Doctor. Uh, Doctor
3: of what, then? Doctor of medicine, general and biological.
0: Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, Germany, hmm? Indeed. Born and raised. Good. Good, good, good. Uh, I'm glad the troubles between our nations are hopefully at an end.
3: Well, I don't think we will ever see the like of a war like that again.
0: No. Oh, what are they kept coining at the war to end all wars something like that
3: Yes well let's hope so uh,
0: And you he turns and points at Jack You've seen some action as well hmm?
1: Yes I uh, on the other side from the good doctor there
0: And yet here you are together indeed good good well uh, you're here in my library miss lane is there anything i can assist you with
2: actually um we are investigating a friend's death um uh, mr mm-hmm. jackson elias have you ever heard of him
0: no i can't say that i have it's, uh, should i have
2: He was quite the prolific author, um, generally focused on occult.
0: Hmm. I'm surprised he didn't come here.
2: I actually am not sure if he's ever visited here.
0: I don't know if he has. You know, uh, unfortunately, we, uh, because of some of the studies of some of our professors, visiting or otherwise, were are beginning to get somewhat of a reputation. The uh, <coughs> library here sometimes sees guests looking for strange and unreadable languages from Sumerian areas or the Far East, and I have to beat a few out with a stick. They try to get into my faculty sections.
3: We would not be looking for anything.
2: No, but I wonder if they would have some additional documentation on the the cult of the Bloody Tongue.
3: I was Mm. wondering the same, Miss Lane.
0: What do you know about this cult?
4: They're African or South American.
0: And
3: South American.
0: Hmm. He takes a step uh, back and then turns. I have just the place you could look. He begins walking through the aisles of leather-bound tomes. we keep a wide assortment of all manner of books on record, and some which are far from any record normally.
4: Sir, do you keep abreast of any of the latest expeditions, say, to Egypt, or...?
0: Oh, yes, of course.
4: What do you know of the Carlisle Expedition?
0: He stops. Roger Carlisle? Yes, sir. Uh, man's dead, as far as I know, right? He is. Hmm. Yes, I remember reading uh, with c- quite a bit of interest, actually, that he uh, was he had summoned a group. It's um, patrons, uh, and no offense to present company, of course, but uh, it takes you know, families, men with you know, a fair amount of. Uh, Wealth to put these proceedings on to unearth the things which uh, past ages have covered. I was was rather hopeful that Rogers' expedition would amount to something. And then I'd seen that he'd left Egypt and had gone south and uh, met a bad end. I was uh, I was sad to see that, but
4: did you know, Mister Carlisle? Uh, no. had, you, had you spoken with Mr. Carlisle, perhaps, or corresponded with him?
0: No, I'd never spoken with him, but I admired that uh, he'd seemed to change his uh, ways a bit. I, I remember reading a few uh, snips from the uh, more... Yellow papers, as it were, about some of the things that Mister Carlyle's past had drudged up, and I thought, honestly, he was getting on and growing, perhaps, uh, growing up, maybe.
4: I'd like to roll psychology at this point. Sure. Nope.
0: <laughs> what were you? What were you attempting to test for specifically?
4: He seems at on 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 the one hand, he's talking like he. But yet, at the same time, some of the language sounds like he knows Mr. Carlisle fairly well, actually.
0: Um, so your psychology result would probably tell you something like, or you'd probably come to the understanding that he probably knew Roger just like most people did. They knew him through his press clippings. yeah, of what he did in the press, and you, you would imagine that the head librarian at the library at Miskatonic probably has a lot of things to do, but when the rich and powerful get involved in kind of the things that he's interested in and he pays closer attention.
4: I, I also um, privately uh, wonder at the idea that, uh, well, Jackson Elias wrote several books on cults and uh, in various parts of the world. I would not, I would not expect that those kinds of books would not find their way to Miskatonic if it had the reputation that he claims it has.
0: Okay, I mean, you're, yeah, you're absolutely free to think that. Uh, he gets uh, he finishes walking you to a section and says this uh, would be the area if you were looking for uh, history on um, African. Uh, cultures Mm. you see that there are several students here Uh, you also see in and amongst these students at the nearby tables there are uh, books on egypt books on the uh, books in the middle east books on south africa it seems like there's a fair amount of research going on right now can i gleefully throw myself into the stacks and make a
3: library use roll
0: uh, yeah, absolutely. So just so we're clear, a library use role is going to run you about four hours here. Just so that way everybody is uh, aware of it. Uh, and also, if you are going to do that before you make your role, I'd like you to tell me what specifically you're looking for. Right. Or even if it's a broad topic, what are you trying to get to?
3: I want to. I want more about the bloody tongue. I want more about their influence and where they're popping up, where, you know, who are these people and why do they keep showing up?
0: Okay. Go ahead and make me a library roll. I'm going to go ahead and spend two luck on that. Okay. So you take it from a 42 to a 40 and that will treat that as a success. Yep. Uh, Anyone else using the opportunity to research at Miskatonic Library?
4: I would love to.
0: So again, why don't you give me an idea of what you're looking for?
4: First, I would like to go to their card catalog. Okay. I would like to see, first off, if they have any uh, books by uh, Mr. Elias here in their possession.
0: Uh, After a... Fair search, Uh, you do turn up a couple of books by Jackson Elias.
4: Which ones exactly? Because we have a list of they have.
0: You do. You do have a list of published books. So uh, you have the way of. uh, He has a book here called uh, "The Way of Terror." Okay. Uh, And then the uh, Witch Cults of England. The previous one, The Way of Terror, is published in 1913. Witch Cults of England is published in
4: 1920.
0: Okay. Uh, You can also see that each one has been, or you can see that uh, both of them are uh, currently in stock, have not been checked out
4: what's the process of checking out a book from a uh, pub, from a uh, library of a university anyways they'd have card cattle they'd have uh, cards in them
0: yeah they would yeah I'll um, just but,
4: take a look inside and see who checked them out last and when that was
0: uh, you see various names um, but none of them on the list uh, specifically give you any sort of um, they don't pique your interest do they all seem like Um, they all seem like they're, uh, they, they all have a S designation next to them. So you're not sure what the S means, but
4: I presume students.
0: Okay. Um, so Jack, what are you planning on doing with the, uh, what seems to be quite a bit of of time you have?
1: Uh, I will look around. I am not interested in looking, you know?
0: Okay. So the library itself is a fairly tall structure. It's got multiple floors. Uh, It's got big, wide open areas in the middle where there are tables, and there are also additional tables in different sections. Um, Of all the places so far that you've been in the college, this place seems to be the busiest. But uh, strangely, it's also one of the quietest, Uh, and maybe that's because there are some uh, rampaging librarians around making sure people stay quiet, or maybe just people have finally learned their lesson. A little bit of both. Most likely, yeah. Um, But there are also papers from uh, the nearby cities here too. So you see uh, a a rack near the front area with uh, wooden, look look like wooden dowel rods almost, thick ones, and they have the paper from Boston from uh, a couple of days ago and they have the paper from New York a couple of days ago.
1: Look around, see if anything catches my eye.
0: Mm, you do see that in one section of the library uh, on one of the upper floors, there seems to be a, uh, a section of the library here that has some sort of almost like um, wooden fencing that's been put up around it. And instead of there being an open hallway to go into those books, there's actually a... It looks like, for lack of a better term, a, a gate, uh, and it's a definitive. It has signs that says that say "faculty only, students keep out." Uh, and then above, above the uh, the gate itself, you see the sign that says "restricted."
1: Oh, that looks
3: interesting. I bet there's a big lock on that, <laughs> Jack. There is a lock
1: over there.
0: Is there a lock on that? Um, absolutely.
1: Uh, you know, not doing anything right now. So. Not anymore, there's not. <laughs> well, you never know. I could fail. Good.
0: You could absolutely potentially fail. Uh, the question I have. Didn't. All okay, well, that answers that. Um, so you're just going to stroll up to it and start picking the lock?
1: I mean, I look around, make sure they'll be watching.
0: <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, you buddy and you're just kind of initial first sweep uh and you start looking at the lock and you start working at it um you realize like quickly as you get into it uh, that this is a fairly complex lock Uh, this is not a simple padlock Uh, the lock itself is inset into the gate uh, and so there isn't a way for you to get I mean, the, the picks can still obviously get into the lock and attempt to turn it, um, but your work after about a good minute or two uh, comes up lacking. Right. You uh hear some footsteps.
1: Well, obviously they'll stop blocking uh, picking the locks.
0: Right. Uh, you see a uh, middle-aged woman uh, with a cart of books. She seems to be pushing towards uh, the area. Uh, can I help you?
1: Oh, no, I'm just waiting for somebody to finish their uh, research.
0: Oh, okay. She kind of pushes past you a little bit and then uh, stops at a shelf um, 10 or so feet away and begins working through the cart and putting books back. All right, well,
1: so move along.
0: You move along. Uh, Miss Lane, with your time here in the library, what are you planning on doing?
2: So, Doctor has um, the Cult of the Bloody Tongue covered for research, correct?
0: Yes, which we will, the results of which we will get to in a moment.
2: Nope, that's, that's just, I'm just covering my basis. Uh, Mr. Yep. Forsyth is being nosy and seeing who checked out um, Jackson Elias's books. I um, remember perusing the document from the uh, Roger Carlyle's psychologist or therapist.
0: Yeah. Dr. Huston.
2: Yes. And we talk a lot about the cult of the bloody tongue. um, But in his dream, he talks a lot about Egypt. Um, He mentions the name of the figure in his dreams and in the document. And I am going to totally mess up the name. Um, So I apologize. That the person's name is... Don't laugh. It's going to be... Is it Narholtep?
0: Very close. Narholtep? Well, it's a matter of... um, It's really a matter of how you want to pronounce it. But it gets pronounced a lot of different ways. So... The way I pronounce it is Nairlothotep.
2: Nairlothotep, not promising. I'm going to remember that. But
4: in no. Wales they pronounce it Dave.
2: Yeah, okay. right. well, Dave. They we call him Dave. Um. Anyways, it was mentioned a few times in that document. Um, and we have yet to do, as far as I know, any research on Egypt and on that particular god or whoever it might be. I'd like to spend my library time doing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you want to use, uh, make a library use role and uh, begin researching or um, that sort of thing? Please. Okay. So yeah, go ahead. Oh my uh, God. A
2: 73 out of 50. I don't think I'm researching anything. (laughs)
0: Well, no, you are, <laughs> but <laughs> much like any researcher will tell you, you're researching. You're just not finding what you're looking for. Apparently. So the only the only reference you stumble along in your time uh, is kind of the end of that word in Huston's notes, right? Uh, hotep, and you you begin to understand that it's a uh, it's something that it's it's definitely an Egyptian word. Sometimes. Uh, it's spelled h e t e p rather than h o t e p. it roughly translates it looks like from some of the notes that you come across is to be to be at peace or some sort of offering, some sort of blessing. Um, but actually finding a direct reference to the word that uh, the doctor used from to describe stuff and what uh, Roger Carl was dreaming about, you don't really find any reference towards. Okay. So, Doctor, let's talk about the Cult of the Bloody Tongue. Let's. Uh, In your time at the library, you dig into the Cult of the Bloody Tongue as best you can. Um, You see it named in a couple of different books, uh, one of which is actually named in reference to something... That uh, Jackson Elias wrote, but it's not a book by him. So it actually references specifically the his book, "The Black Power," which uh, is um, written in 1921. So it references his book or one of his books. And you you think Miss O'Shea might have this book in her collection? You're not sure she has one of them. Um. And um, make note of the name. Okay. Um, you stumble across a couple of different pieces of information. That they're, they're definitely uh, a cult that came about in Africa. Uh, and that they are definitely a cult that is known to, or was known, um, uh, to be rather vicious. A lot, of, uh, a lot of known deaths attributed to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they were supposedly old, and one reference here that you stumble across uh, has them somewhere in, uh, at one point somewhere in Kenya or somewhere in, in that, indefinitely in that area. Uh, but you also read reference in the same book that uh, they had died out in that area and uh, had had left. This would have been uh, well over 100 years ago. Um, but they were cultists that were more than willing to um, butcher uh, people in hopes of attaining some sort of affirmation or some sort of uh, blessing from their deity they kill and
3: they get to go to heaven.
0: Uh, Essentially. um, It's not so much heaven as they believed that they were feeding their deity with uh, the blood of those whom uh, he had found weak or uh, he had targeted to feed the cult. Uh, And it's, it's in some of those pages that you're, your mind kind of trips back to uh, the basement at the juju house and uh, the, the amalgamation of faces that are that were reaching out, trying to bite and chew you
3: being fed. Ooh! slam the book shot probably a little harder than I need to and
0: mean to bang. Oh, sorry, sorry. You get a couple of looks from nearby students. It comes to about uh, 3 o'clock or so. Everybody finishes up their time in the library, uh, for better or for worse.
3: Go find Miss Lane and Mr. Doyle and Forsyth, I guess.
0: Oh, you got to find him. You never know when you're going to.
4: You never know when you're going to need somebody to do the dirty work.
0: Well, oh, better you say it than me. Uh, and then from there, should I uh, assume that the investigators will do their best to make their way to Professor Cowell's house? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, you walk across the quad and uh, walk down the street. lives on West Pickman, which is actually, he actually almost lives kind of sort of behind the hotel, strangely enough except uh, over across the street. Uh, you find your way into a little bungalow uh, on this uh, this portion of the street and uh, walk on up to the door. Uh, ring the bell. You ring the bell. Uh, you see a same bright, smiling, younger, young lady come to the door. She uh, opens it. Good afternoon.
3: Good not take, Froline. We do apologize if we are a little too early.
0: Not at all. More than willing. Come on in. Take off my hat and enter the house. Uh, it has a nice little sitting room in the front. Um, it's reasonably well appointed. This is uh, probably a lot like a house that you would have, Doctor, if uh, if you didn't live above your practice. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not... Uh, not a mansion by any say, but it's definitely got, you know, a nice couple of pieces of furniture, bookcases all over the place. And uh, you see Professor Powell's come out of the uh, one of the bedrooms. Oh, wonderful you're here. Can I uh, get you anything? See uh, his daughter shuts the door after the last person comes in. A cup of coffee would be wonderful. <laughs> coffee. Drink would be wonderful. This... I gotta tell you, the, uh, this prohibition business you, uh, you all have going on here is just unbelievable.
1: Isn't it, though?
0: Strictly speaking, of course, uh, I can't endorse drinking, but uh, I'm of the mind that uh, man makes his own decisions about his life. He uh, heads towards the uh, what appears to be just a place to put plates in china, and opens it up, and there's a fair assortment of bottles inside. Excellent. I do have more than coffee, if you're interested.
1: I'm absolutely
3: interested. I would like. I would. I would like a brandy, please.
0: He uh gets a couple of bottles out and asks his daughter to uh, get the food placement settings, and she kind of whirs her way into the kitchen. So, uh... Pretty heavy stuff, huh? He pours a few glasses. Yeah. Not every day I get a uh, request that somebody ask about connection with the death.
4: It is, uh... Unfortunate. He was a good friend of ours. Mm.
0: Yeah, so... So, so he uh, passes the first glass of brandy out. So tell me about this friend of yours, who Jackson Elias.
1: He uh, wrote about, he was an author. He wrote about cults and the occult, that kind of thing. Something he was researching for this next book, I'm into trouble.
0: Oh, wow. What kind of trouble?
1: The kind that gets you dead, the symbol carved in your forehead. A oh, symbol by men with long red scarves.
0: His eyes kind of move from person to person as uh, you guys talk. Sounds scribble the symbol out on a piece of paper. Hmm. Interesting. I don't really recognize it, but uh, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, Just means maybe I haven't come across.
1: He was looking at an African cult. Just found your, uh, your, your seminar and his personal effects. And we wondered if maybe he had talked to you.
0: Like I said at the school, I've never talked to the man, Uh, but.
1: Ever,
4: ever read any of his books?
0: Yes, uh, I am familiar with the name, like I said, um, but not familiar with the person. Stands up and heads back into the sitting room and pulls out a couple of books. There's two or three of them. They all have Jackson Elias' name on them. Mm. I picked up his uh, schools along the river. Uh, It was a headhunter cult in the Amazon. This one, he points to the middle one, Master of the Black Arts. This is a good one. It's uh, sorcerer cults and stuff like that. And then uh, this one, Smoking Hot. Uh, it's a Mayan death cult. Stuff around uh, Central America.
2: You talked about the cult of the sand bat in Australia?
0: Well, I didn't talk about it, but...
2: Uh, or somebody somebody mentioned it. Sorry.
0: The uh, Ewa comes out and starts um, putting down plates of... Uh, food for dinner and she kind of uh, hushes her father for a moment just sit down and and, and eat we can get to all this he uh, nods at her and takes a seat at the head of the table yeah the cold the sand bed is something that's been around in Australia for years where do you want me to start at the beginning hmm. all right uh Jack, why don't you give me a persuade roll? No. Well, uh, I mean, it all depends on what you believe and what you're interested in. So, uh, it's an Aboriginal cult that sprung up in Australia centuries ago, and they believe that uh, their god was known as the father of all bats Uh, they believed that they had to make human sacrifices which is really kind of what put me on to some of the stuff that elias wrote was he'd seen this stuff in the amazon and he'd seen it in india and so i i was pretty interested when i saw his books Um, but the cult of sandbet believed that they could make themselves worthy by making these sacrifices and they just had to make enough of them and if they became worthy they believed that this father of all bats would appear to them would arrive uh, and once enticed he'd be able to conquer all of mankind what is this
3: master of all bats Earth.
0: no no no, f- father of all bats.
3: Father, father of all bats. What did he look like?
0: Well, there's various ways to explain it. Um, they they speak about him uh, as this just a massive bat, or something that was, you know. Anyway, some some of the written and the pictographic stories talk about it being, you know two or three times the size of a man, and some of them say it's hundreds of times the size of a man. Just real uh, unbelievable anecdotes.
4: Was this what your talk in, in New York was about?
0: This is part of it, yeah. Well, really, it's more the ideas behind it and what, what cultures in the Polynesia and South Pacific, what their belief styles tend to be. Uh, so that that's what we're getting at is to understand the culture and understand how belief systems are structured and how they work.
2: Well, it seems like many of the belief cultures in cults tend to look for a way to be worthy.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting the uh, the way many of these cults seem to work is that they have to do can. Continuous sacrifices, whether they be uh, the small or the large, they have to continue this um, supplication. I actually equate it quite a bit with. Uh, I don't. I don't mean any offense by this, of course. I actually equate it quite a bit with tithing. It's kind of the same mental pathway uh, where you're making a a weekly sacrifice to uh, 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 what you believe is a deity or higher power. Uh, and while it's far less gruesome than, uh, than sacrificing people, the, the idea is that the intrinsic thought behind it is the same. There's no difference.
2: You're not wrong about that.
0: Where did the father of all bats, the,
3: the bat cult, where did it originate?
0: Most of what I can see the cult itself is—it's uh, originated somewhere in in the outback in this in Australia, amongst the Aboriginal tribes, uh, Western Australia for the most part.
2: Professor, did they wear any particular kind of garbs, headdresses, collars?
0: Well, uh, I mean, I couldn't say for sure, but. Uh, all cults have things that signify their members. Um, one of the things that uh, the cult of the Sandbat tended to do were they would club uh, their victims uh, with, uh, with these clubs that had uh, uh, teeth in them or, or um, they had sharp prongs in them and they would beat them against their victims until they bled. The, the teeth themselves were uh, reported to be coated with uh, a fax-acting poison. And uh, from my notes here and more things that I've studied, it seems like it came from fermented bat droppings. So, so they took the fermented guano and they placed it over the teeth. They just they would beat the, the folks until they bled to death.
3: Sounds ghastly. It's a horrible way to go.
2: Did they use the body parts for anything?
0: Oh, it gives you a strange look. A body parts for what?
2: Sorry. Um, for headdresses, um, eating, were they cannibalistic in nature?
0: Well, cannibalistic? Uh, nothing I know of. Hmm. Pass the potatoes? Of course. He passes them to you. Uh, the victims apparently w- would go mad before they died this poison would drive them raving into the, the night and then the leaders of the cult could take the forms of supposedly take the forms of betwing snakes uh, and they could steal sacrifices from across the land uh, i honestly believe uh, that the cult was went dormant hundreds of years ago uh, and its existence honestly is what tipped me off to elias's books
4: Did you ever contact Mr. Elias or did he ever contact you? Uh, Mail?
0: No, we've never spoken either by, you know, in person or or by letter. Um, You know, actually, I've got a few slides if you'd like to see them.
4: Yes. Yes, please.
0: He uh, looks over at his daughter and says, "I, I, I just give me a minute, I'll be right back. He ducks out into the bedroom, the nearby bedroom, and she kind of turns back to the table. And she doesn't say anything, but it doesn't take a rocket science to read on her face that she's not exactly uh, super excited.
2: Yeah, we feel the awkwardness around the table.
0: Oh, yeah. she She's pressing that awkward feeling out.
2: I just look down and silently keep eating.
0: Uh, he comes back with a series of slides that you can hold up to the light. He kind of shows you. Uh, so these are uh, the slides are a bit overexposed. I apologize, uh, and you see as you begin to to take them around the table and look at them, you see a, a few sweating men standing beside an enormous uh, by enormous blocks of stones. They're pitted and eroded, but clearly dressed. Uh, and formed for architectural purposes. Uh, There's a uh, dim carvings in some of those stones to decorate. Uh, You see billows of of sand are everywhere.
4: Was this an expedition you were on?
0: Well, it's actually a whole set of these, but uh, I didn't bring the rest of them with me because I didn't think they'd be relevant. I only brought a little bit to see. You should really see the others.
4: But they're all in uh, Australia and Polynesia, correct?
0: Uh, yeah, the slides themselves are all uh, in... They're, they're all in Australia. You'd have to go there.
4: Mm. Who funded the expeditions?
0: Uh, well, I mean, the, the college I would the university there in Australia is one of them was paying me to do the work. Hmm. And in fact, there's a, there's a book that goes along with all this uh, back at my home in Australia.
2: Hmm. What was your expedition called?
0: Oh, we, we, we have better things to do than name our expeditions.
2: What were you hunting for with your expedition?
0: Well, we were just looking into the aboriginal tribes of Australia. And yeah, uh, you know, I was looking in to see what other cultures and what other information I could find about this legend, the father of all bats.
4: Have you ever found any mention of it outside of?
0: Mm, no, not outside of Australia in particular. Uh, interesting though, there's um, the plates were actually made by uh, a gent named uh, Arthur McWhir. And they came to him via another man named Robert McKenzie as a mining engineer. And uh, if you ever get down there and you're interested, I'll maybe introduce you.
4: Are you headed back to Australia?
0: Well, I think there's some at this table would like to go back. I see. To... Truth be told, my uh, interim stay here at the university is just about up. So uh, the the intention would be to head back and and see him.
2: Is there anything of note on the slides that we need to, that we would be very interested in? I mean, I'm sure they're all interesting, but uh, anything that just kind of jumps out at us?
0: Now there was an Aboriginal uh, song cycle, mentioned a place where enormous beings gathered, uh, somewhere in the west of Australia. Uh, these songs say that um, the gods, who were not like men at all, they built great sleeping walls and dug great caves. But living winds blew down the gods and overthrew them, and they destroyed their camps. When this happened, the way was open for the father of all bats, who came into the land, And grew strong. At least that's what they say. Now, the uh, glass slides there, each one shows a a couple of different things, but what I want to point out is these enormous blocks of stone uh, pitted and eroded. You can see the erosion there uh, with the apologizers. A bunch of blokes there, sweaty men's been standing around. There's sand everywhere, as you can see, but these stones are the ones that. Arthur a uh, Port Hedland uh, kept a diary about and these were the ones where he recorded that diary is where he recorded that there were the attacks uh, by those aboriginals McWire's reports say that deaths to victims from hundreds of small punctures that's where the idea of this came back around and there was another tale I'd heard uh, this would have been from the uh, just uh, just north or Australia there. Uh, In it, uh, the sandbat, or the the father of all bats, whatever you'd like to call him, uh, he battled with uh, something called the Rainbow Snake, which is just an aboriginal deification of water uh, and the patron of life. The Rainbow Snake, in this tale, succeeds in tripping and trapping the sandbat in some sort of watery place, and the sandbat can't get out of it. Uh, But all he can do at that point is complain. And uh, it's because of that, I think, that the Aboriginal tribes continue to deify and continue to raise praise to the Rainbow Snake.
4: While I ask, uh, was there any mention of uh, the cult of the bat uh, having any presence in China?
0: Not that I'm aware of, no. It's not that China's that far away, but... Um, as far as I know, I haven't seen uh, any reference to China. The, the thing about the slides you got to understand is uh, these slides were a discovery, right? So these just to make sure, he kind of collects them back. I didn't make this discovery, right? And that's why Arthur McWhorst's diary is so important. And I just, I don't have it along for reference material, unfortunately.
4: Can you spell that for me, out of out of character, Mike?
0: Yeah, Macquar is M-A-C, Mac, and then capital W, H-I-R-R, and uh, he's uh, from Port Headland, Australia.
4: What would he have found that would have uh, upset the cult? Just the fact that they
0: existed. It's a good question. Um, I would imagine. At least, if memory serves correctly, uh, he was doing mining. And so, what we, what I always figured was they started digging in the wrong place. You guys finish up dinner probably within an hour or so. See, you uh, as busy cleaning up plates and getting things ready. She, um, if you've ever been at a place where, and Miss Lane, you would probably get tipped off to this first just because you're kind of a stickler about social graces. Um, You can tell with your societal eyes that uh, she is cleaning up everything relatively quickly.
2: Which means she wants us to go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. She's telegraphing that to you for sure.
2: I, you know, thank the professor and his daughter for dinner. And kind of look at the gentlemen, my associates, hoping they get the hints.
1: It was, it was delicious, and thank you for your uh, insight.
2: Yes, thank you very much.
3: Thank
0: you for your hospitality. Yeah, absolutely. Night.
4: And if I'm ever out Australia way, I'll be sure to say hello.
0: Oh, are you planning on going?
1: Um, you never know. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, I mean, that's where McQuirce's diary is if you're really interested in the cult of the sand bit. And uh, if you ever get down that way, I could introduce you to uh, – I could maybe even send a letter ahead. I've got a buddy down there. It's uh, David Dodge. Uh, he's looking after my house.
1: Yeah, we. Uh, if we end up finding our way that way, we'll let you know. Um, one last question. Um...
4: We know our friend Mr. Elias uh, Jackson was uh, looking into the car, the fate of the Carlisle expedition in Nairobi. All right. Can you think of any connection between that expedition and anything that he would have come to have seen you about or, or talked to you about or gone to your lecture for? Because he's not the sort to start a project when he still has a project on on the burner as it were
0: now I've read a bunch of his books so I've got a better I got a bit of a handle on at least a, some of that my guess is is that he saw some sort of correlation between some of the death cults that he'd researched and he'd been to the Amazon and he'd been to India and all of these other places and I thought maybe I think maybe he was Maybe he was planning on coming to Australia next and he wanted to know about it for one of his books, maybe.
2: Perhaps. You could be right. He had not done anything in Australia yet, as far as I know.
0: I'm sorry. I wish I could be more help.
2: You've actually been plenty of help. Thank you, Professor.
0: Well, all right then. Uh, Thank you very much, Professor.
4: Have a pleasant evening.
0: Have a wonderful night, and I uh, look forward to maybe hearing about whatever you uncover. Sending a, a letter or a note, or maybe uh, keep me in the loop.
4: It'll be my pleasure.
0: And that is where we will call it for the evening as the investigators head back to the Hotel Miskatonic and uh, rest up.